Welcome to the Eldalorn Yuletide Celebration. This is where I dive deep into ancient northern ancestry and bring you stories from the past. This next gift to you is sometimes called Lord Peter or Squire Pierre. This is a Norwegian fairy tale collected from oral traditions back in the day by two guys named Asbjornsen and Moe. I like to call my own adaption of the tale Peter and the Cat. There was once upon a time a poor couple who had nothing in the world but three sons. They could barely keep up with the payments to the landlord. As the weather grew colder and summer left the land, both parents died suddenly. Their children were to have all that was left behind, but there was nothing but a porridge pot, a gridiron, and a cat. The eldest, who had to have the best, took the pot. Every time I lend the pot, I shall gain the scrapings, he said. The second took the gridiron. For when I lend it, I shall get a bit of a taste, the middle brother said. And the two older siblings took their prizes and set out into the world to try their fortune. And each went his own way. There was no choice for the youngest. If he wanted anything, he would have to take the cat. Now the young man's name was Peter, and he had always liked the cat and treated her kindly. It would be a pity if she was left behind to pine, he said. Come along, cat, as they headed out the door. Since it is coming into winter, we may freeze or starve soon enough. Peter sadly shook his head as he stroked the cat's back. When Peter and the cat had gone a while down the road, the cat spoke. You'll not be sorry you didn't leave me behind. I'll now go into the forest and fetch some fine animal, which you must take to the king's palace you see yonder, and say to the king you've come with a small present for him. When he asks who it is from, you must say it's from the lord of the land to the north. Peter had not long to wait before the cat came back with a reindeer from the forest. She had jumped upon its head, and when she settled herself between its horns, she said, If you don't go straight to the king's palace, I'll scratch your eyes out. The reindeer dared not do otherwise. When Peter came to the palace, he went into the kitchen with the reindeer and said, I've come with a small present for the king, which I hope he will accept. The king came out into the kitchen. When he saw the big reindeer, he was much pleased. But dear friend, who is it who sends me such a fine present, said the king. Oh, it's from the lord of the land of the north, said Peter. Who is this lord of the land of the north, said the king. Oh, let me see where it is he lives. For he thought it was a shame that he would not know such a worthy man. I dare not tell you or my master would be crossed, Peter said. 
So the king gave Peter some gold and asked him to give his master his greetings and many thanks for the present. The next day the cat went into the forest again and jumped upon the head of a stag. Settling herself between its eyes, she compelled it to go to the palace. Peter again went into the kitchen with it and said, he brought a small present for the king if he would accept it. The king was still more pleased with the stag than with the reindeer and asked again who it was who had sent him such a fine present. Oh, it's from the lord of the land to the north, said Peter. But when the king wanted to know where this lord lived, he got the same answer as the day before. This time he gave Peter still more gold. The third day, the cat brought an enormous elk. When Peter came into the kitchen at the palace, he said that he had a small present for the king if he would accept it. The king came out at once into the kitchen, and when he saw the fine big elk, he became so pleased he did not know which leg to stand upon. This time he gave Peter much more gold. The bag was so heavy, he thought it must have at least twenty pieces. The king was now most anxious to know where the lord of the land to the north lived and began questioning Peter backwards and forwards. But the lad said he dare not tell him, for his master had given him strict orders not to disclose it. Well, ask your lord to pay me a visit then, said the king. Yes, he would do that, said the lad, but he came out of the palace and met the cat. You have got me into a fine scrape. The king now says I must visit him, and I have nothing but rags to walk in. Oh, don't trouble about that, said the cat. In three days you shall have a coach and horses, and fine clothes with gold trimmings and all the rest, and then you can surely visit the king. The cat had proven herself in the past, so Peter went to a nearby inn and decided to wait. When three days had passed, the cat came as promised, with a coach, and horses, and clothes, and everything Peter wanted. All was so grand that no one had seen anything like it before. Peter put on the clothes and prepared to present himself to the king. Then the cat said, you must not tell the king your real name, and whatever you see in that palace, you must say you have a grander and finer thing at home. You must not ever forget this. Okay, Peter said. He told the cat he would be sure to remember her words. So, the newly quaffed Lord Peter set out for the palace in his new grand carriage with the cat running alongside. The king received the lord to the land of the north very well, but whatever he offered him and whatever he showed him, Peter said it was all very well, but he had everything finer and grander at home. The king was not pleased to hear this, but Peter went on just the same, and at last the king became so angry that he could no longer contain himself. 
I shall go home with you, said the king, and see if it is true that you have everything so much grander and finer. But if you have not told the truth, it will be worse for you, and I'll say no more. You have got me into a fine scrape this time, said Peter to the cat. The king now wants to go home with me, but it will not be an easy thing to find my home that does not even exist. Oh, don't be troubled about that, said the cat. I will run on in front, and you need only follow me on the road to the north. So they set off. Peter's carriage followed the cat, who ran on in front, followed by the king with his entire suite. When they had driven a good bit on the way, they came to a large flock of fine sheep. The wool was so long, it almost reached to the ground. The cat being in front of the parade stopped and talked to the herds boy. If you will say that the sheep belong to the Lord to the land of the north, when the king asks, you shall have a gold piece, said the cat to the herds boy. Yes, he would willingly do that, said the herd's boy. The cat gave him one of Peter's gold pieces to seal the bargain. When the king came by, he leaned out his carriage window and said, I've never seen such a fine flock of sheep. To whom do they belong, my boy? Oh, they belong to the Lord, to the land of the north, said the herd's boy. In a little while, they came to a great herd of fine brindle cows. They were so fat, and their hides glistened. If you will say the cattle belong to the lord of the land to the north, when the king asks, you shall have this gold coin, said the cat to the cowgirl. Yes, I will, smiled the girl, as she pocketed the gold. When the king came by, he was quite surprised at the fine big cattle. For such a herd, he thought he had never seen before, and so he asked the girl whom these brindled cows belonged. Oh, they belong to the lord of the land to the north, said the girl. So they traveled on again until they came to a great big drove of horses. They were the finest one could see, big and sleek, and six of each of the brown, red, and cream colors. If you will say those horses belong to the Lord of the land to the north, when the king asks, I'll give you this gold coin, said the cat to the boy who was watching over the horses. Yes, I will, said the boy. He bit down on the coin and smiled as he put it into his pocket. When the king came by, he became quite dazed at the fine drove of animals for he had never seen the like of such horses. He then asked the boy to whom those brown, red, and cream-colored horses belonged. Oh, they belong to the Lord of the land to the north, said the boy very confidently. The king just smirked and shook his head. When they had traveled a long way, they finally came to a castle. The cat and the line of carriages passed through a gateway of stone and then one of polished marble, and then a marvelous gate of gilded gold. 
The castle itself was edged in silver and gold, and glistened so brightly that it made one's eyes smart, for the sun was shining full upon it when they arrived. The grand parade entered the expansive courtyard, and the cat told Peter to finally introduce himself as Lord Peter and say that he lived there. The inside of the castle was still more splendid than outside. Everything was gold, both chairs and tables and benches. When the king had seen it all from top to bottom, he became quite confounded. Yes, this Lord of the North is much grander than I. There is no denying that, he said, and then he wanted to return home. But our newly titled Lord Peter finally introduced himself as the owner of all and asked the king to stay and sup with him, which the king agreed to do, because it was a long trip to get there. But he was cross and peevish the whole time. While they sat at the table, a troll came and knocked at the gate. Who eats my food and drinks my mead in there? The troll shouted. As soon as the cat heard the troll, she ran to the gate. Wait a little and I'll tell you how the farmer gets his winter rye, said the cat. First he plows it, then he manures it, and then he plows it again, and then he manures it. And so the cat went on and on with her mesmerizing story till the morning sun peeked over the horizon. Just look behind at that beautiful damsel, exclaimed the cat to the troll. The troll then turned around. When he saw the sun, he turned to stone and then burst into a pile of dust. The king had already packed up his entourage and left for his own kingdom to the south. Barreling out the gate, he coughed on some dust pile that the carriage knocked into the air. Peter and the cat stood alone in the palace courtyard. And now you must cut my head off. It is the only thing I ask for all that I have done for you, the cat said. No, said Peter, that will never do. Please, the cat begged, but Peter felt that would not be a fine end for such a grand cat. Besides, he'd grown fond of the cat and all her wild antics. You must, or I'll scratch your eyes out, the cat finally growled. Peter knew she would never harm him, but he could see she was serious. Peter did not want to kill the cat. But the two looked into one another's eyes, and the cat was so pitiful, he finally agreed to do it. Peter drew his sharp knife and cut the cat's head off. In the same moment as the head of the cat fell to the ground as dust, the body of the cat transformed into the most beautiful young woman Peter had ever set eyes upon. He fell in love with her right away, then and there. All this splendor belonged to my family and is mine, said the girl. But the troll got me into its power and turned me into a cat. I ran away, and ever since I have been hiding at your parents. After all our adventures, would you stay with me as my king? 
The princess who once was a cat asked Peter. He was, of course, only too glad to marry his good friend. So the wedding took place, and because it was the season of Yule, the feasting and partying lasted for twelve more days. And if you are asking, the couple really did live happily ever after. I think the takeaway on this one is that even though they're extremely nasty, trolls can be very, very stupid. And if you find a true friend in your life, don't let them go. Let those you love know how you feel about them. And be safe out there. This is your friend Carly Bond signing out. <laughs>